You ever get caught up in the, in the worship and, and you actually hear the, one of the lyrics stand out like, has anybody ever seen God move a mountain? Has anybody here ever experienced that? Uh, him making a way out of no way? Don't be shy. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Um, I just want to make sure I'm in the right crowd because you need to be around people that believe that he can move mountains when you have mountains in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for the worship and song. We are continuing in our series in the book of Haggai this morning. We are in the fourth part of our series of the book of Haggai with just one more part to go. Uh, so we're here in Haggai chapter 2. And uh, I'm going to begin reading at the 10th verse. We're in Haggai chapter 2. And I'll begin reading at the 10th verse. We're finding out that uh, God can pack a a lot into a a couple of uh, chapters. Amen? Yeah. I'm stalling so everyone gets it. Haggai, chapter 2. You can start from Matthew and work your way back three books into the Old Testament. Amen. By next week, everyone's going to be a master on finding Haggai. (laughs) I'll begin reading at verse 10. It says, On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Ask the priest about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, It does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and and what they offer there is unclean. Now, Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, How did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, 
since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. From this day on, I will bless you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, We thank you that you're allowing us to uh, look into what it is for you to speak to your people. We take for granted your voice. We take for granted uh, hearing from you, Lord, the, uh, the written word. And, but Lord, what an awesome privilege that you have come and spoken to these people, your people. Speak to us again today, Lord. Have your way here. Have your way in the lives that all, uh, of all that are gathered here. Um, ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word, Lord, in this place, and let it be for your glory. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and you're my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Has, has anyone ever been, like, real sick? like sick, sick, real sick, or, or injured, hurt. Um, and, and when you were in that condition, that's all you could think about was how miserable you felt because you were sick or, or hurt, whatever the scenario was. But then after you got well, um, it's just not in your mind anymore. Anybody ever noticed that? Uh, you begin to take for granted the fact that you can just breathe through your nose. <laughs> the fact that you can move without feeling that sharp pain anymore. You, you, you just you kind of take it for granted. Uh, people have a tendency to forget how things were once they've recovered from it. Um, uh, on a side note, if, if you did something to cause or contribute to that illness or injury, you might want to remember why it happened so that you can avoid repeating it, right, if, if, if it was your fault, you know. But um, now, how many, how many people remember after you went through that illness or sickness, the day or moment that you got well? The day or the moment that you got well or, or that you started to feel better? How, how many remember that? That day when what you were experiencing is replaced by a new experience. Uh, it, 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 I can call it a, a turning point. Uh, uh, we, I don't know that we track that or keep record of that, um, but the Lord instructs the people here to remember and consider the turning point, the turning point uh, that he has brought into their lives, that time when their, their, their one experience is re- replaced by a new experience. Um, consider the turning point is the title. Consider the turning point. And, and for a thought and something that, that's embedded in the text, just remember that the Lord can move us past the pain of our failures when we turn to him. The Lord can move us past the pain 
of our failures when we turn to him. Uh, just a backdrop for those that might have missed one, two, and three <laughs> uh, uh, quickly. A- after these people here uh, that, that, that Haggai is speaking to, after being released from captivity in Babylon, a group or, or remnant of his people have returned to the promised land, to the land of Judah, and they settled near Jerusalem. The first thing on their agenda was to rebuild the house of God that was broken and burned down when they were taken captive into Babylon. But it wasn't long after uh, their return that they began to leave the work of the Lord undone and focus on their own stuff. After uh, uh, starting and stopping the rebuilding of the destroyed temple, they're confronted by the Lord through his prophet Haggai. And and they're made to consider their ways. The Lord calls them to consider their ways. Think about what you're doing. After correction and encouragement uh, from the Lord, they're now determined and working consistently to get the house built for the Lord. They're back at it. Uh, The people have made the right choice and to get back at the work, but the Lord wants them to consider how they got to where they are now so that they never return to where they were. The Lord stops in and says, consider something else. Almost like he says, one more thing (laughs) before you finish working on the house. Verse 10, he says, on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? Uh, The priest answered and said, no. Uh, Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Well, here here is almost four months after the first message from Haggai. The Lord sends another word uh, through him to the people. Here on the 24th day of the ninth month, if we we open that up on our calendar, it would be December 18th, 520 B.C. Anybody birthday close to there? It's a trick question. Say so you'll claim December 18th, but not 5, 520 B.C. This message, though, is a little different than the others because he, does, he doesn't start by addressing, in the past, he started by addressing the governor, Zerubbabel, who, who was someone that was in the line of the family of King David, and, and also uh, the high priest, Joshua. <coughs> um, but, but he has a couple questions for the priest, and I think Joshua's included in that. He starts with a couple of questions. When God uh, chose Israel as his people, uh, considering the priests, uh, he gave them instruction on how to worship, what things were acceptable and unacceptable when it came to the practice and the ceremony of serving him. He chose priests uh, from the people to instruct and represent the people in front of him. The the priest kind of stood there in the gap. Um, And since they were in charge of of worship, 
and, and also interpreting God's law uh, for the people, they uh, should have the answers to the questions that God is throwing out here. Basically, uh, what God is asking, what he asks is, according to the Lord's instructions, can holiness be caught like a cold? <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord had distinguished clearly in his law between things being holy or acceptable versus what was unclean and unacceptable when it came to approaching him in worship. Uh, the, the food used in offerings to the Lord was considered holy. And from some of those offerings, uh, a portion of the food was designated to be given to the priest to eat. Um, according to uh, Le Leviticus 6 and 27, the portion of meat that was given to the priest was also considered holy. Uh, as well as the pot it was cooked in and, and even the apron that they carried it in from the pot, but whatever touched it, the, the meat was considered holy. But there was uh, no third-party holiness, uh, is what the, the priests are reporting. Something touching the thing that touched the holy thing did not become holy. Uh, that, that, that's confusing. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't become holy because my grandma went to church. <laughs> is that, is that, can I make that more, more plain? I, I, I tried to rent grandmama's faith for some years and then found out I had to buy my own. Glory to God, it was already paid for. Amen. That's another sermon for another time. Uh, knowing, knowing this, the priest answered no, no. You can't, you can't transmit it. It doesn't work that way. Um, and they feel like, I guess they feel that they're doing their job. They're doing good. They can answer the questions, you know. Uh, the second question, Haggai asked, it, it, it almost looks at things in reverse, starting with something unclean, uh, which was the ceremonial state of a person who had touched a dead body in any way. Uh, it, it basically asks, can uncleanness be caught like a cold? And the priest answered, Yes, uncleanness can be caught. Wait, that doesn't seem right. Uh, according to Numbers 19, uh, verses 11 through 22, uh, 22 if, you, if you read it, you'll see it can be caught. If, if that unclean person touched anything or anyone, they passed on their condition <laughs> to that person, their uncleanness. When I was younger, we had a thing called the, uh, the, the, the cootie touch. It, I mean, it's different names in different places, and, and it, it, <clears throat> we didn't know what it was. We just used to, we used it to describe somebody that was to be avoided, and, and it was most likely uh, uh, shared by little boys or little girls about other little boys and little girls to be avoided. If somebody was identified as having the cooties, not only them, but their desk, I'm in school. Their pencil, any object connected to them was able to give you the cooties. And your friends warned you to stay away. And, uh, and for some reason, the only thing that could pr protect you is you crossed your fingers. I don't know. I don't know. But, the, but it was highly contagious, whatever it was. Just like this uncleanness. 
But the, the uncleanness that's, that's talked about here is it, no children's game. It, it's, it actually gives a picture of what sin does. It, it separates us from our contact with God, and, and it's also easily spread. Uh, it, it, it's, it's easier to catch sin than to give off your holiness. So don't go rushing in talking about, I'm going to evangelize this place, and you know you don't belong in there. I'm not going to name the place because people will say I don't go to that kind of place. But you, that's another sermon for another time. But the priests got it right again. They got it right again. But uh, uh, even though this, this wasn't a pop quiz, you know, the, the good thing with God, it, God never expects us to play Bible Jeopardy. He doesn't want us to know obscure Bible facts just for the, the sake of knowing them, even though I like doing that. Uh, but th- this is, he, he wants us to be able to live out what he's given us. Um, this, this wasn't a pop quiz for them uh, just to check their knowledge. This, this shows us uh, that the questions and answers, they were, in, in verse 14, we'll find out that they were an object lesson being used by the Lord. When the Lord asks a question, he already knows the answer. Verse 14, then Haggai answered and said, so is it with this people And with this nation before me declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. The Lord begins to show a picture of what the people's efforts amount to when, when like Isaiah put it in, in Isaiah 29 and 13, when they honor him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. Uh, God, God gives a picture of what it really amounts to. There was a lesson here for the priest and for the people in this word. Even if they were receiving uh, and offering sacrifices on the altar uh, daily, uh, coming to the altar and giving sacrifice, while the people were, uh, while they were internally just more concerned about their own things than they were about the house of the Lord, Even if they were making offerings, what they offered was unacceptable. Uh, They were going through the motions. And uh, 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 the the people were like a person who had touched a dead body in in God's sight. Uh, They were unclean, and their uncleanness was contagious. It touched everything that they touched. Uh, their houses, their offerings, whatever it was, it, it was unclean. There, there's a lesson here on how the ceremonial life is overruled by the spiritual life. Um, carrying out the religious ceremony with no internal leaning toward God earns no points with God. Uh, uh, and, and since holiness is not contracted like sin, no activities related to holiness made them any better. They could come to the holy altar daily and offer sacrifices. Instead of walking away changed and cleansed, they left the altar more polluted than it was when they showed up. Instead of connecting with the Lord, they left spiritually empty-handed. The distance expressed again by them, uh, uh, their distance from the Lord is expressed by the Lord calling them this people in this nation. Uh, somebody that was here in the early lesson, they remember, he called them this people in this nation, like, like they're not my folks. 
Uh, he, it, it, was, it was a distance almost. Um, so when they acted like that, they became this people. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the same today, though, with many in the church. People can attend and even participate in the works and works that look holy and good and righteous. Uh, 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 they can participate in, in the rituals of baptism and communion and, and, and even go out and help the less fortunate. But if they haven't truly come under the authority of Jesus in their everyday lives, whatever they do is a dead work, not acceptable to him. Again, the Lord wants them to look back and consider these things. Think about it. Now, now then, he says, consider from this day onward. Before the stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Here the Lord takes, takes them back to the first message that he, that he sent Haggai with. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe somebody here missed the first message, but we know if the Lord brings it back up again, <laughs> Uh, he brought it back up to them and he brought it back up to us that this lesson is too important to be missed. He instructs the people to take to heart and give careful thought to how things were when they were prioritizing their own stuff over the things of God. He says, consider it. Take it to heart. Lay it on your heart. Weigh it out. Think about it. Question it, could, could we ever be accused of neglecting the things of God while giving top priority to our own stuff? I see four honest people <laughs> nodding their heads. I won't ask you to raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. But God is he's making a point here. The Lord calls the people to consider how things went for them while they were ignoring him. And he not only points out the struggle and hardship they face, but he calls them to think about why they experienced it. Uh, uh, sometimes people go through things. I, I have friends or, or coworkers, and I'll be talking, and, and it, their life is like the cartoon character walking around with the thundercloud over their head, uh, just striking them every five steps. And, and I want to say sometimes, maybe the Lord is trying to get your attention. And I have said that, oh, I know, I know. But the Lord points them back. He says, remember before you got to work on my house, uh, when it was just there in rubble and and ruins, whatever grain you planted, the crop was only half of what it should have been. You only getting a 50% yield on your crop. The the grapes would only yield 40% of the juice that they should have produced. Things weren't going well. The Lord reminded them not only were times not good uh, because things weren't going the way they should have, but but that he directed it so that things got bad for them. Uh Uh-oh. The things that impacted the crops and the economy of the community 
Uh, it seemed like it, it could be blamed on natural causes, but the Lord is pointing. The Lord says, I watched you work hard and sweat, and then I blasted whatever was produced, that it wouldn't pr- amount to much of anything. The, the, the blight on the crops came from scorching east winds sent by the Lord. Then there were the, the, the spreading fungus of mildew sent by him. Then it was the pounding hail that was pelting and tearing whatever plants did come up, tearing those plants apart, all sent by God. And I can tell by the way you're looking at that our Western ears, 21st century, 5th century, it doesn't, it, we don't like to hear about the good Lord causing problems for people like that. That's not our thing. Uh, but these were his people, and he had given them clear instructions and fair warning that if they obeyed his way, they would be blessed, and if they refused to obey, they would receive the curse. And that included the things that were happening in their land, uh, the things that he had sent their way. It, it, there's a good summary of, of, of what, uh, uh, what was uh, put in place by God and with his people, a good summary of the promised blessings and curses is written out in Deuteronomy chapter 28. We won't turn there now, but if you, you know, some light reading, go to Deuteronomy 28 when you get home. Uh, When the the people heard the terms of the agreement in Deuteronomy 28, when they heard that the Lord was giving out blessings, uh, uh, when they heard the agreement, they all said, Amen! (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't there, but I got a suspicion, I'm sure, that when they said amen, that they had the blessings in mind <laughs> uh, and not the cursing, you know, not the curse part. They, they, they heard the, the, you know, the, the bountiful f- crops and the blessing field, bless going out, coming in. You're going to be, you're gonna, you know the songs, y'all, y'all know what the, we don't preach like that here, but uh, they, 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 they were like, amen, but they, I don't think they were considering the cursing. It, it, uh, it's a lot like, like popular Christianity today uh, where folks, they want Jesus, the kind, benevolent, gentle, giving Savior, but they despise the idea of Jesus the Lord who is to be lovingly and faithfully obeyed, even in the hard situations that he may send you through. Uh, through. Through Haggai, the Lord urges the people to consider not only the failure of the crops, but their failure to recognize the root of the issue, to repent and to turn to him. It, it, it's, it's like the people were where they, they saw the, the ruined crops and they were there tending on the crops and trying to figure out what was wrong with the crops. And all the while, the Lord is standing there and, and they just won't turn and talk to him about the situation. But, but this message, believe it or not, wasn't sent to condemn them. Remember, at this time in their, in their, uh, in their journey, uh, by this time, when this message arrived, they had, they had already returned. They had already turned and started doing the work on the house of the Lord again. They, they were doing the right thing again. Uh, they were back to work on the temple. The Lord 
takes them back, though, to this low point just one more time to be sure they carefully consider and store it in their hearts so that they don't find themselves there at that place again. Uh, the, the Spanish philosopher Jorge Santayana, did I say that right? Uh, I, I think he got it right when he said, those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. Y'all thought somebody else made that quote up. No, it was Jorge uh, that made that quote up. I guarantee you. The message here from the prophet Haggai is actually the protective love of the Lord being expressed to his people. He's telling them, he's telling them this so it doesn't happen again. Uh, he goes on pushing the people to reflect. He says, consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, uh, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. I will bless you. The Lord goes on with the message now directing the people to consider the turning point. He, he wants them to think deeply about how things shifted after they got their priorities straight and started working on his house again. But, but here it, there, there's a tension with what they were being called to consider here uh, because after they became obedient to the word and what the Lord was instructing them to do, their situation hasn't seemed to change much. So his attention, the Lord is causing them to consider it, but now things seem to be the same. It's been three months now, and there's been no increase in the produce from any plants, and the barns are empty. We've, we've taken note while looking at other passages in Haggai that the dates he provides uh, not only give us a historical point, to let us know that this is, this is really happening in time with real people. Uh, but it also gives us a context for the message that was spoken. It gives us the context. Here, he repeats the date. He says the 24th, of the 24th day of the ninth month. And in that time, in that culture, by this time, there was something that would have gone on in the agriculture. The winter planting would have been done by this time. There was a winter planting. Seeds would have been planted and the fields would have been plowed. The people would have begun hoping that things would be better this next time. Uh, since there were, there were no outward signs that the next crop would be any better than the failing ones that they had before. So this was a tense time. Uh, uh, they... they, they they had done some of the work, but now the Lord was telling them something was on the way. It, it would take faith to, to look at the scenario they were in and believe that from this day on, things would be different. The Lord proclaims that this day is their turning point. In spite of what the ground might look like now or, or what happened the last time, his message is plain and direct. He says, from this day on, I will bless you. He plants a spiritual flag in the ground and tells the people to take a mental snapshot so they would remember the turning point. 
that moment when their return and resettling in the Holy Land was transformed from a curse into a blessing. They were, they were actually in a place of blessing that didn't look like a blessing. Now, I would ask you if you've been in that place, but you wouldn't know, would you? Because if you're in that place of a blessing that doesn't look like a blessing, you might not think you're in the place of a blessing. All they could do, though, was, was receive the word of the Lord, keep working, and consider that day as their turning point because he said so. From that day on, the Lord would bless them. Numbers 23 and 19 says he's not a man that he should lie. Amen? I, I like to stop there. It's a good point to stop right there at the blessings. I like to stop at the blessings. But somebody knows I'm not going to. There's a, there's a short postscript. There's a little P.S. There's a little P.S. in there uh, uh, that we need to look at so that we, we don't ever take the Lord's blessing or his grace for granted. Uh, we, we see here what's happening is that the Lord's grace is at work, considering how this unclean people went from failing to blessing. Uh, but, but, but with grace, it was with grace that they were able to do it. The thing we need to know, though, is, is, is along with that grace, God gives people the responsibility to accept and respond to the grace. One of those uh, charges against the people is that they wouldn't turn to him. And we, we never heard it uh, like laid out here in the book of Haggai that they ever turned around, that they ever repented uh, per se. Uh, but between where they are now and where they used to be, something else took place. Remember, Haggai had a partner prophet named Zechariah. You remember that? He had a partner prophet uh, who also encouraged the people in the work of building the Lord's house, uh, uh, Zechariah. Haggai spoke to the people on the seventh month, and he spoke to the people on the ninth month. But on the eighth month, the Lord used Zechariah, and in Zechariah chapter 1, uh, Zechariah spoke to the people, and he laid out a road map for the people. He, he's, it, it, the message was something like, the Lord says, return to me, and I'll return to you. So after considering the failure of their fathers to obey the Lord's words from the prophets previously and considering the results that, that occurred in the captivity, the people uh, now took responsibility for their own ways that they considered. And they accepted God's grace, and they repented uh, uh, Zechariah tells us all of that. They, they, the, the Lord gave them a turning point, a place that says from this point forward, from this day forward, it's going to be different. <clears throat> do you, I, I, I would ask you, do you remember your turning point? Anybody remember their turning point, that time, that moment when the Lord changed your old experience into a new experience with him? I pray that we all have a turning point. Uh, we should all mark and consider the turning point that got us to where we are now. Uh, when it comes to life in the Lord, none of us has uh, pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. 
It's always been his grace that lifted us and cleansed us from the grip of sin and death. It's been his grace. So let's be thankful and mindful, uh, thankful to him for his grace, for him offering us a turning point, and mindful of anything that would creep in and make our worship unacceptable to him. Let's be thankful and mindful. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that you're the God of, of turning points. You could take any moment in time and change an entire life, move a mountain. We thank you, Lord. Lord, if, uh, uh, we pray that we never forget what you've done in our lives. And, oh, God, I pray if there's anyone here that hasn't had a turning point with you, Lord, that today would be the day, that they would remember this day as a turning point, uh, that your spirit spoke to them, that your um, grace reached them, that they turned and they went after you with all their heart. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you for these people.